respectful but irritated he answered once is enough yes he has done his duty said hamidullah do not tease him so he carries on his family two boys and their sister aunt they live most comfortably with my wife's mother where she was living when she died i can see them whenever i like they are such very very small children and he sends them the whole of his salary and lives like a low grade clerk and tells no one the reason what more do you require him to do but this was not hamidullah begum's point and having courteously changed the conversation for a few moments she returned and made it she said what is to become of all our daughters if men refuse to marry they will marry beneath them or and she began the off told tale of a lady of imperial descent who could find no husband in the narrow circle where her pride permitted her to meet and had lived on unwed her age now 30 and would die unwed for no one would have her now while the tale was in progress it convinced the two men the tragedy seemed a slur on the whole community better polygamy almost than that a woman should die without the joys god had intended her to receive wedlock motherhood power in the house for what else is she born and how can the man who has denied them to her stand up to face her creator and his own at the last day aziz took his leave saying perhaps but later his invariable reply to such an appeal you must not put off what you think right said hamidullah that is why india is in such a plight because we put off things but seeing that his young relative looked worried he added a few soothing words and thus wiped out any impression that his wife might have made during their absence mahmud ali had gone off in his carriage leaving a message that he should be back in 5 minutes but they were on no account to wait they sat down to meet with a distant cousin of the house mahmud latif who lived on hamidullah's bounty and who occupied the position neither of a servant nor of an equal he did not speak unless spoken to and since no one spoke kept unoffended silence now and then he belched in compliment to the richness of the food a gentle happy and dishonest old man all his life he had never done a stroke of work so long as some one of his relatives had a house he was sure of a home and it was unlikely that so large a family would all go bankrupt his wife led a similar existence some hundreds of miles away he did not visit her owing to the expense of the railway ticket presently azid chaffed him also the servants and then began quoting poetry persian urdu a little arabic his memory was good and for so young a man he had read largely the themes he preferred were the decay of islam 
and the brevity of love. They listened delighted, for they took the public view of poetry, not the private which obtains in England. It never bored them to hear words, words. They breathed them with the cool night air, never stopping to analyze the name of the poet, Hafiz Ali Iqbal, was sufficient guarantee. India, a hundred Indias, whispered outside beneath the indifferent moon. But for the time, India seemed one and their own, and they regained their departed greatness by hearing its departure lamented. They felt young again because reminded that youth must fly. A servant in scarlet interrupted him. He was the chaprasi of the civil surgeon, and he handed Aziz a note. Old Calendar wants to see me at his bungalow, he said, not rising. He might have the politeness to say why. Some case, I dare say. I dare say not. I dare say nothing. He has found out our dinner hour, that's all, and chooses to interrupt us every time in order to show his power. On the other hand, he always does this. On the other, it may be a serious case and you cannot know, said Hamidullah, considerately paving the way towards obedience. Had you not better clean your teeth after pun? If my teeth is to be cleaned, I don't go at all. I am an Indian. It is an Indian habit to take part. The civil surgeon must put up with it. Muhammad Latif, my bike, please. The poor relation got up, slightly immersed in the realms of matter. He laid his hand on the bicycle's saddle while a servant did the actual wheeling. Between them, they took it over a tin tack. Aziz held his hands under the ewer, dried them, fitted on his green felt hat, and then, with unexpected energy, wheezed out of Hamidullah's compound. Aziz, Aziz, imprudent boy, but he was far down the bazaar, riding furiously. He had neither light nor bell, nor had he a brake. But what use are such adjuncts in a land where the cyclist only hope is to coast from face to face, and just before he collides with each, it vanishes. And the city was fairly empty at this hour. When his tire went flat, he leaped off and shouted for a tonga. He did not first find one, and he had also to dispose of his bicycle at a friend's house. He dallied furthermore to clean his teeth, but at last he was rattling towards the civil lines with a vivid sense of speed. As he entered their airy tidiness, depression suddenly seized him. The roads named after victorious generals and intersecting at right angles were symbolic of the next great britain had thrown over india he felt caught in their meshes when he turned into major calendar's compound 
he could with difficulty restrain himself from getting down from the tonga and approaching the bungalow on foot and this not because his soul was servile but because his feelings the sensitive edges of him feared a gross snub there had been a case last year an indian gentleman had driven up to an official's house and been turned back by the servants and been told to approach more suitably only one case among thousands of visits to hundreds of officials but its fame spread wide the young man shrank from a repetition of it he compromised and stopped the driver just outside the flood of light that fell across the veranda